Well, thank you for joining me today on Financially Speaking. My name is Mitch Slater, and I'm a Senior Vice President and Financial Advisor with UBS Wealth Management in Westfield, New Jersey. Along with my partners, Anne and Crystal, we do our best to bring you advice beyond investing. And that is exactly what this show is all about. It's my sincere hope that each episode of this podcast will educate you on personal finance and real-world business issues of the day. So let's jump right in. So Mother's Day is almost here, and I thought it was time to celebrate moms and do a little bit of a different show about moms who want to embrace motherhood without losing themselves. And we'll get to what that means in a minute. In fact, they can become major influencers as what has become a new era of parenting. Now, one such power mom is our guest today, Brooke Stewart, who is the CEO of Power Moms Media, which gives major brands the opportunity to reach these power moms in a very credible and unique way. Now, Brooke is a marketing and advertising executive with over 20 years of experience working with top consumer packaged goods, fashion and retail brands, and she's gone from working NASCAR to hip-hop and from snack foods to fashion, and now as a power mom and a mom herself, she represents top mom sites whose focus on fashion, beauty, and lifestyle trends attract loyal fans and brands worldwide. So welcome, Brooke, and an early Happy Mother's Day. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. So glad you could be here. So, so what drove you to create your own business? It's a great question. I think a lot of it comes down to a mix of things, but emotional fortitude is a huge one for me. I started my career in advertising in the 90s and 2000s where you had to work twice as hard as your boss. You were only good as the, as the lunch you ordered. And that was just a drive to almost just insane work hours. And to that point, I was actually on a shoot with Funkmaster Flex and I went into labor seven weeks early. I was so work mode focused. I wasn't mom focused at all. I was missing that piece totally. So fast forward to a year of just kind of hell of doctor's appointments, specialists, all that. And I really learned what matters in life. And for me, being a mom was so important to what my life was now going to look like. And so I talked to so many different people to try to figure out what was going to be next for me. And I figured it out at the playground. <laughs> so what, what similarities do you think exist between being a mom and being an entrepreneur? You know, I think so much of what we hear about from other entrepreneurs that I've listened to is, you know, it's, it's kind of lonely doing this business by myself or it's 24-7. I never know when to take a break. I, I can't figure that piece out. I, I don't have balance. And I think so much of that is parallel to moms. I mean, you do you do not. You are. It's a 24-7 job. And I hear from even pe- parents, um, I'm sure you could speak to this, that their kids go to college and then they're still worried about them. So never, it never it, ends. It never ends. Um, at, at 92, my mom will want to know when I get home tonight. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love that. So I think there's that piece and there's the that loneliness piece of like, okay, wait a minute, maybe I had a career. Now I'm sitting uh, home with this baby and how do I you know, get out and create something for myself or, you know, community of people. How do I create that? So you got to have a lot of discipline. So how do you discipline yourself from not letting those, you know, those two things really interfere? I mean, there's a lot of distractions. 
there's a ton of distractions. I think the biggest piece is getting outside the house. You have to create a workspace outside of the home, and it's never been easier. I mean, there's a WeWork on every corner, at least here in the city. I just started a membership at The Wing, which is a women's-only community, and that's been really great. And it's right in my neighborhood, and I can just get out of the home. Because once you do that, there's no distractions, at least for me, there. So now I'm completely work-focused. I've got work hours that, that I'm doing, and then I can come back and be a mom later in the day. That's, so tell me more about The Wing. That's the first that I've heard about that. Okay, so it's a women's-only community. Okay. And it they have three locations in New York. They have one in Chicago just opened, and I believe one in L.A. is opening soon or has opened, um, and one in D.C., I think. It's beautifully designed. It's very quiet. Yeah. There's not a lot of loud yelling mm-hmm. on the phone and great food. And it's they're embracing other women who are entrepreneurs that are – Maybe you can create networks looking for people to help you with your business. Uh, maybe you can help other people with theirs. It's a really great group of women. So we're so obviously such a changing society, and you've seen that over you know your 20-plus years in, in working in marketing and advertising. So how, how do you adjust to all these marketing uncertainties that just keep happening as everything's being disrupted every single day? I know. I think when I look back at what I've done and done well is I've kept the relationship piece a huge component of what I do. When I was working on Slim Jim, it was, let's create a teen panel so we can find out what teens are doing and get to know them better so that we can create better marketing campaigns. And then it's fast forward to today, it's looking at influencers and how how can they help companies understand moms better and reach them in a better way. And so it's under, now, of course, I have to learn all these different social media platforms. But if you keep that thread there, it's it makes it easier for me to say, okay, what's my main focus and what I'm doing here? It's getting to know moms in a better way. Where are they? And let's figure out how we can market to them. So just sitting here thinking and you're talking about how you're getting to know social media platforms. And I remember as I got to know social media platforms and we're using them for work and for other aspects of my life, my kids hated it. My kids were like, why, dad, why are you, I mean, this is early on. Why are you on Facebook? Why are you on Instagram? And it seems whatever I would get on, they would just leave and move on to the next thing. And do you find that now? Because your kids are, you know, yes. you know, a little bit older. So My kids are still on Instagram. They are on Snapchat. Right. I don't, you know, Snapchat's been a tough one for me. I've I stayed away from it. Uh, yeah. I promised know, my daughter that's hers. You uh, can have that yeah, one. Yeah, cute photo ops. <laughs> yeah. But uh, that's pretty much how I've used that. But Instagram, I'm on there, but I'm not... You know, commenting on my kids' stuff, mm-hmm. but certainly there could be a whole nother show on policing social media oh, for your kids. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. So where do you get your support? What really inspires you? It's so many other moms. I mean, certainly, you know, I look to my own mom that um, was always forging a path in what she was going to do. She was an aerobic dancing instructor, and then she created a really super successful real estate company, and my dad happens to work for her now. So she is the the ultimate mom boss. And I think it's other, you know, so many other moms in my life. I mean, I'm fortunate in that I've created this business that I work with so many moms, but I've got uh, a mom that I do a lean in circle with that I've known forever. And we meet once a month and her business is research-based and she has a trends and innovations company. And we meet once a month and really talk about how we can push each other forward, how we can move our business forward. So I have people that inspire me in the business front. And then, of course, I have so many wonderful other moms that inspire me on the, on the mom front as well. So 
When we first started talking about this, when, when I first got to know you, you were involved in a lot of the mom blogs. Is that still a thing? You know, I think that's still a thing because that's where the content is created. Mm -hmm. And the social media is a platform that's getting people to that content. But Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, they're all going to change their algorithms you know, a gazillion times. But the content that these folks are writing about is going to stay there. That's the home base that's not mm -hmm. going to go away. And so that written word about your brand or about uh, something that's an experience to them is, is there forever. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that's be right now being a little bit undervalued. So let's talk about these brands. What, what are they not doing that you feel they should be? Let's just give me some examples of what's happening out there in the brand world. Yeah, I think right now it's so much on Instagram. You know, I want an Instagram star. I want someone that's going to have hundreds of thousands or millions of Instagram followers. But are they looking at who those followers are? Are they looking about the relationship? It's a one-and-done program is not going to do anything for you. It didn't do anything for you when you did TV. It didn't do anything with print, run, run one print ad and expect so much. And I think these companies, while it's amazing that so many smaller companies can get involved in a marketing campaign now thanks to social media, I think their expectations are way too high and they're not creating that relationship with their consumers that they should be. So what are some of the brands that really get it? T-Mobile is one of the my clients that I think really gets it. They ran a year-long program with us last year with the same group of influencers. And it was every other month they'd run content. They'd do Twitter chats. Their CEO is huge on Twitter, and that's their big focus for them. They do Instagram. So it was a multifaceted campaign around different touch points that were important to them that they wanted to get the message out there. But I think it created true loyalty with people about the brand. Hmm. Any brands that you, you think that you just, you know, shake your head like, what, what were they thinking? <laughs> There's a lot of those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you talked about the Instagram influencers, yeah. and we've seen what's happened recently with the whole college scandal and, right. and a young woman at USC who didn't even want to go to college and, you know, had all these followers, and that really was what, you know, she thought life was. And I think they've gotten a, <laughs> a rude awakening. But are there, I do notice myself on Instagram that so many, and it's more women than men that I've noticed, and I don't know if they're moms. Some are, some aren't, I guess, but they're clearly getting paid to market whatever it is they're wearing or whatever it is they're talking about. And can they make a living? Some can, yeah. I mean, some you better rake it in now because you don't know when it's going to end. So I think those that are doing it well and bringing in the money now, it's it's that's great for them. And I, I just wonder when you're doing something like that with the highest Instagram star out there, are you as a brand, are you looking at it as a as your marketing package or are you looking at the sizzle of what that person is? And I, I think that's what I would caution a bit. So with all this talk about AI and marketing and automation and everything else, how do you balance that with a more human approach to building awareness of a brand in, in your business? Right. That's a really hard part, I think, to make sure that the relationship piece is so important and making sure that when you're talking to moms about your brand, that it's something that's relevant to them. It's something that they're going to care about. That Did you talk to your consumer? Did you get some information from them? If you run a campaign with influencers, are you doing some type of exit survey that says, what did you think about this product really now that I'm 
I've paid you the money. What did you really think about it? Do you think other moms are going to like it? Do you think you're out of all the campaigns you've run? Did your readers resonate with it? And I think checking in is going to be a really key critical part that isn't really happening right now. If we go back in time and, you know, we go back to the Mad Men era and I just think of the, you know, so many of the ad campaigns, Don Draper, who I think is a real person, not just so, <laughs> such a Mad Men fan that to me he's a real person. But I think about all of those campaigns and, and obviously they were gearing towards moms back in the 1960s. So much has changed in our society today. So is there, you know, is there, are they looking at dads too? Yes. They're definitely looking at dads. They don't get as much attention. There's not as many dad influencers out there. But if you are a dad, if you want to be a if you want to be a dad influencer, do good. it. There's yeah. not that many. The competition is not that hard. I mm. think I would go for it. Dad influencer. Yeah. So how's being a mom yourself helped you in your business? You know, I think it's a lot of what we talked about earlier. There's that that um, you know that emotional ability to say it doesn't really matter when some client's really upset or angry at you about something, or you didn't hit a certain goal that you wanted to hit. Does it really? You know, what are the lessons you learned, and let's pick it up and move on. And I think that that piece is a big one. I think empathy is a huge one. Self awareness. I don't think you can have kids and not be right. looking at yourself and exactly. what you're doing wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's so many pieces of that, that for me, I certainly was in the dark before I had kids uh, right. on these issues. <laughs> sure. And, and we, you know, I was just telling someone last night whose wife is due any day with their first child. And, and, and I was just saying how, you know, the, just so you know, you don't walk home with a, you know, with an instruction manual or a rule book yeah. and it is scary, but it's just, Somehow you figure it out. Somehow the two of you are going to figure it out. And it's it's not something we really, many people go to school to learn how to be right. a parent. Exactly. <laughs> Clearly, we know <laughs> there are a lot of people that shouldn't be parents. <laughs> right. So full disclosure here, you actually worked with my brother Jeff um, during his days marketing Slim Jims to the world with Macho Man and some other very cool tie-ins. So how's marketing changed since you first started back in your early days of your marketing career? It's amazing. I think that there's some similarities still, but there's so many yeah, that just the so the whole social media and the internet. I when I was working on Slim Jim, we were just starting their website. I actually flew down to the X Games to interview the guys to be put on the the website, and we're talking to them and taking quotes and video. And I don't even think we could upload the video. It's just the site was so slow. So it's so much has changed in terms of that interaction and the ability to have that interaction with your consumer. There's so many opportunities to touch them now. Right? Are and- there too many? I mean, can you can you get lost in it all? I mean, we all, you know, we're on average spending. You know, everyone's looking at their iPhone, and we find out that we're averaging. F- some people four to five hours a day, is it overkill? I think if you're doing it right, it's not overkill. I think certainly there's so much just throwing it out there. And if you're just sending the same message over and over again, people aren't going to listen to that. But if you're providing them some type of information that's going to help their lives a little bit, I I think that they're going to pay attention. What are some of the messages that you'd like to see out there more that maybe we're not seeing enough of in the in the mom world, I guess. In the mom world. I, I mean, I think we've we've done a lot better. There was so much mom judgment, you know, but there, I still see things about breastfeeding, not breastfeeding. And I, I think just let moms be moms. You know, like you said, uh, you don't get an instruction manual. There's no right way to do this. And I think if we just let that piece go 
And we just understand that we're all going to do it a little bit differently and no way is better. Right. I think that's, that's really that's important. Is there a global difference? I know you're, you're focus, are you mostly focusing in the U.S. with yes. your business? But do you feel like there's a, 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 a huge difference in, with moms in Europe, moms in Asia? Well, obviously there's cultural differences, but, right. you know, is there something that you, you know, one or two things that you think are really strong differences? I don't think that there's a huge difference in terms of moms. You know, I, I think they all feel similarly about their their kids, and that you know, maybe some are more driven to success than than other. You know, there's Tiger certain moms. there's certain drives, yeah. right? right. Yeah. The, but I, I think that ultimately, moms do share a really special bond. Is there a particular campaign you've done with Power Moms that kind of shows how to really connect and understand the moms of 2019? You know, we do, in addition to doing branded campaigns, we work with Jump Rope Innovation. It's a research trend innovation. And we do a lot of focus groups using influencers. And we've found repeatedly how that influencers are on predicting trends and they can show us trends for brands. So whether it's food trends, or um, we ran a survey when we found that 50% of Americans that we surveyed, we also did non-influencers, and 50% of those folks did not know what the Peloton was. Mm-hmm. And so you, you realize as a community of Americans how diverse we really are in terms of what we know about, what we care about, and what matters to us. And I think that using influencers to try to predict what you're going to do next a little bit, could it help you? I think that's really fascinating. And so looking at that a little bit, I think is in terms of campaigns is interesting. You know, could you do that before you ran something to just gut check, make sure that that's, you know, what you, you know, it's on trend or it's going to give you the results that you're hoping for. Yeah. And, and, and like you said, the, the fact that these influencers are, are getting paid and, and they have this whole other opportunity to, to, you know, attract, Madison Avenue, more than anything, is, right. is and Wall Street, too, in many ways. So one of the things I always like to ask people in marketing is, you know, who do you look up to as, uh, like, a real good marketing thought leader? You know, that's interesting. I mean, I think, you know, coming out of school, it, you know, it was probably someone like Leo Burnett that I was, like, really, I wanted to go into advertising, and right. I thought that was amazing. And now the person that I love following on Instagram is Sarah Blakely. I just think she's fantastic, what she's doing for women. She's so inspiring, and her business story is just really cool. So I'm enjoying that right now. Yeah, I noticed that well, I just came back from attending a sustainable investing forum, and, and I noticed that the majority of the companies that they were talking about, not, not even necessarily, they weren't public companies or private companies, but they're led by women. And they seem very concerned from everything from organic farming, you know, it's a variety of different things. So there's just a whole other, you know, just a whole other industry that's, that's out there because of, you know, because of the changes. And obviously Washington, D.C. looks a little different right. than it's ever looked before. Exactly. So any books specifically that you'd recommend? That's fascinating. Well, I could put a the woman I work with at Mom Trends wrote Mom Boss, where she interviewed lots of different moms that are started different entrepreneurs. I think there's 20 different moms in there that have st- either started a company, created a company, what's failed, what's worked. I think her book is well done. And yeah, I, w- I wish I had more time to read. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's part of the problem. Yeah. That's part of the problem, yeah. exactly. Well, well, Brooke, thank you so much for spending time today on Financially Speaking, and we wish you and all the moms out there a happy Mother's Day, including my 92-year-old mom, who we will have on in an upcoming show, and you'll hear more about that, after all, no matter your age, you always need your mom. And when you hear about my mom and the things she's been doing in her 90s, you'll understand why. So thanks so much for joining us this week. And don't forget to look for us and subscribe. Coming soon, hopefully by the time this podcast is out, on Spotify. And remember, folks, pay yourself first. Mm -hmm.